Ever wondered who and what is shaping Luxembourg? This is your Lux Unplugged podcast with your hosts, Adrian and Thierry. Hi, I'm Adrian. And I'm Thierry. Welcome back to the Lux Unplugged podcast. On this occasion, we welcome Patrick Kersten, CEO and founder Doctina. Patrick is a Luxembourg-based entrepreneur veteran, having participated in several waves of innovation since the early 2000s. More recently, the COVID-19 crisis has created further opportunities for his company. Indeed, Doctina specializes in online bookings with medical practitioners. Patrick has pioneered this concept in Luxembourg and other European countries. This is correct. In a world with increased use of technology, patients are highly likely to liaise with their doctors on a remote basis with digital means. As you will hear, this also opens the door to artificial intelligence to detect the medical needs of a patient in early fashion. But now, without further ado, our conversation with Patrick Kersten, founder and CEO at Doctina. Hello, Patrick. Uh, welcome uh, to the Luxembourg podcast. Uh, great to have you on the show. It's my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, before we get into the nitty and gritty of your career and of yourself and the company, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Oh, I would say that um, I belong to the circle um, or the group of a local internet entrepreneur. Um, in a sense that, uh, or from the early stage, in a sense that I've started with some friends doing ventures uh, um, in, the, in the 90s. And that uh, ever since uh, I had the chance to work on new projects, um, always linked to um, the digital and different industries and with uh, different impacts on the Luxembourg society and uh, lately also in, in other communities. I think I was just too impatient to to be an employee, and uh, I love to get things done. And um, before the time where there was there were these mantras of break things, um, I, I like to be part of the action to see things happening, and uh, maybe not be perfect from the first shot you give it, but you, you can always improve. And um, that's kind of my approach, and uh, well, it works from time to time. How many years did you spend in the in the private sector, so to speak, before you actually launched your first uh, your first venture? And what were the kind of takeaways that you have from that, apart from finding out that you were impatient? Um, well, recognizing for myself that I was impatient, and uh, it lasted one to two years um, before I really quit. But very quickly um, came to the facts that there uh, were very exciting times ahead. Um, by doing things on the internet, it was just in the middle of the nineties. There was just, it, you have, I mean, you have to imagine there were thirty million people online when we first sat down with some um, colleagues our same age, just uh, having gotten their diploma from university and uh, wondering um, what the future would be like. So, um, and, and things were very exciting by back then, and they've they've always been, and if we. Look now at the pace which digitalization has been empowering and um, shaping society since the early days of 2020 with all what we have experienced. Um, we, we can really get a feeling that there's much more to come. You launched the uh, At Home Group in 2000. Can you tell us about your early dot-com experience, uh, especially in Luxembourg? 
And what made you start? Well, actually, the, the, the team I belong to, we, we started earlier. and We had a first success with a real estate, uh, sorry, a job website, and uh, which became Monster in 2000. And at that time, they just split the team in two. And um, I took over. So my colleague went over to, to become the, the, the manager of Monster. And um, I took over the remaining projects and, and launched a new vertical, uh, as this is being referred to these days because these are very mature industries, um, just like uh, classifieds. And uh, um, it, it was clearly a very strange moment to launch a website because uh, we just had been paid in shares uh, from an internet company and then the internet bubble burst. <laughs> so much of what we had been paid with uh, disappeared. And it was also at the same moment where we decided uh, to uh, um, so to do a, a new project. And uh, well, real estate turned out to be the good choice because uh, lots of money went from uh, uh, the stock markets to more tangible assets, and uh, most notably also real estate. There, there was uh, we were outliers there at that back then. They they. Uh, being as pure players, there were not much, not much other pure players around in Luxembourg. Clearly, there was not the same infrastructures um, to support startups. On the other side, that's what we liked. Uh, we, we liked just uh, trying things, uh, sitting in our basements, and um, and then it it started growing um, very quickly as as we went went out and showed. Um, and showed the the users how to use it. And there's always been a very positive, uh, virtuous spiral. Um, the more we added users, the, the more people all started um, customers or real estate agents started finding it interesting. And actually, I've always over the last twenty years, I've always worked on platforms, um, and that's one of the virtuous effects of of platforms. And now, what obstacles did, did this business model encounter in its early days? Um, and how did you overcome them during your time at home? Well, very traditional obstacles. Uh, it's, I mean, startups don't run out of cash. They, they run out of time to prove their, their concept. Um, so also here, we, in the early days, we, we had to scale down uh, back to a team of three until we were in a shape where we, we could prove the market that uh, we could grow uh, profitably. So that's just very common to many young companies these days. Um, and it's, it hasn't changed um, very much back then, since back then. So it's actually very, it's, it's just very traditional challenges, uh, convincing your first customers and making sure uh, they spread the word um building your brand um just like many many companies digital companies or not digital companies uh, are doing it today then after after you experienced that at home uh, which we all know which many people now know in in luxembourg it's become one of the major real estate portals as 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 it's as it were then you founded doctina in 2013 so what can you tell us a bit more about this, this experience because uh, especially now in these times when a lot of people are concerned about health and 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 you know booking booking appointments from you know from a distance. What what made you come to that inspiration? 
the concept of having a platform where you can see the doctor's availabilities is one which immediately seduced me um, and was being worked on um, on the major in major European capitals uh, by by local teams. Um, it struck me then if if you had a list of doctors like in yellow pages, if you don't have the availabilities of the doctors next to it, it's pretty much useless. And there already back then there there was a strong um, tendency of, of of doing just any kind of booking online. You know, I mean, it had started with the hotels and the travel industry, but very quickly moved to lots of different um, areas, be it, be it um, going to the movies or the restaurants, etc. And it made simply sense from a patient perspective. And I always liked to, to say that we should be patient first, because if it makes sense for the patient, it will be patient-driven, because the patients want to have it. And by the way, uh, doctors also are patients, and they also have smartphones, um, most of them, a very, very large majority of them. And, um, well, what was definitely different is that in the medical sector is known to be... Um, slow-moving sector. Innovation is restricted to some university hospitals. And uh, it's, uh, we, can, we know now, well, we can see it very clearly now, how um, healthcare is a very sensitive subject and that doctors um, are very prudent because that's what we expect from them, that they don't want to do experiments. And um, so... Um, finding the right way to, to enter existing processes of uh, existing practices was clearly a totally different challenge than what I have experienced before. Was that again with a, with a different team when you worked on, on establishing uh, Doctena or was it that you decided to do that the moment you, you exited um, at home? As, as owners of the company we had sold already a while ago, um, and I had stayed on just to see what it was like to work for a big company uh, because it had been acquired by, uh, at the end of the day, the News Corporation and Rapid Murdoch. But I rapidly found out for myself what it was like to be one of the 700 companies that he owned. And that uh, was just like much less entrepreneurial than what I like to do. And um, now in that team, um, uh, I was, I've always been very proud of my teams and uh, I think the strength of a team is the cohesion and, and making sure that people know how to work together and to create a dynamic to, in, in the team that does not rely on the leader. Um, and uh, so I've been very proud to see that um, the, the, the team that, that I left was going from strength to strength and, and continues even to thrive today with new leaders and uh, new team members which have joined the, the company. Um, some joined uh, Doctena for, for, for uh, some new adventures because they always did, also had some personal interests which were more aligned to that project. Um, it's uh, it's it's a totally different um, type of project and dynamics, and uh, both are very interesting. So, Doctena has become a, a European leader in its field. Um, which countries are you currently covering 
and what are the expansion plans uh, going forward? So today we, we cover the, the, the Benelux, which is Belgium, Luxembourg and the Netherlands, um, as well as what the Germans call DACH, which is Germany, Austria and Switzerland. Um, these three um, or these two areas represent over 500,000 doctors. Um, we've signed up some 10,000 now. So there's a huge potential in all those markets. And we're currently focusing on expanding our market share in the markets where we already operate. Um, it's uh, uh, which is quite a challenge in itself, and and it's it's not yet a mature market. And then, of course, with the the COVID nineteen events, we we've had also some major changes in our rollout plans. Um, as as this also was something which is totally unforeseen, and um, so uh, it's a lot of excitement both to grow um, vertically and horizontally. Yes, it was as you just said with the uh, so with this COVID nineteen um, crisis, there's there's a lot of potential now. People are still quite restricted around the world, and 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 even some some other countries have already started um, loosening the conditions. But from your perspective, do you anticipate uh, any sort of higher demand for your product instead of using classical ways of communicating with? Uh, medical professionals or, or even patients in the very early days of, of the crisis when the first confinements uh, got announced um, it was pretty clear to, to us that during the lockdown it's there would be a need to switch from a physical um, consultation to a video consultation and our teams made all efforts needed to be able to release a project which we had on the roadmap, but further down the road, which was the video consultation, video appointment. And we're very proud. We've activated over 1,000 doctors just in a couple of weeks. And, um, and that's over 10,000 patients that have seen a doctor without having to leave their apartment or their house <laughs> and, and, and uh, being safe. Um, this was clearly not a development that we had foreseen, um, and it's something where we are um, going, I, th I think, uh, into new territory that we had not um, not expected um, for 2020. Now, the, the future will tell us what the deconfinement uh, looks like. Um, on my side, I'm confident that some of the changes that we have been experiencing altogether um, will stay. And uh, well, we've just launched a hospital now in, in Brussels with our technologies. And very clearly, it was also something that they had already identified for chronic patients and the follow-up they want to do for those uh, people on a regular basis because of the comfort that they could offer their patients of not having to come to the hospital, but being able to speak and to see their doctors. So there, there's always been already some need for these technologies. Um, I think that digital health has really been one of the, the, the key industries that came out um, since the beginning of the year. Um, and that things accelerated here, whereas previously, there was lesser priority given to uh, those tools.
is there any scope for AI or, or artificial intelligence to be integrated into your into your product? Um, given that uh, more and more, I suppose more and more technology will be used going forward to to make your service or product more more efficient. And again, in the context of COVID nineteen, I wouldn't be surprised if remote communication would would become a bit more of the new normal. Well, there, there definitely is. I mean, um, our focus is on the appointment and arranging the appointment and make, making sure that yeah, you show up to the appointment uh, at the agreed time as a patient. And ideally, that, that you don't have any waiting times. Um, the, the, um, um, around the appointment, there's a lot of things that you may want to share with your doctor. Um, I mean, you, you have chatbots today where you can already fill out some service. Um, fill out your amnamesa, which is just the questions that you're being asked when you enter the practice. Um, you could actually fill out those also whilst you're sitting in the bus and do that on your smartphone, answer those questions. Uh, you may want to share um, some some medical data or activity data that you've been um, tracking yourself on your on your digital phone and with your health tracker. And uh, all these data, once aggregated, um, there is uh, a whole lot of startups that are creating AI to um, make sense of all this data. So all this data and all this information, they're all linked to the appointment that you have. And clearly, we want to um, be the place where we aggregate all those fields so that this digital information about your health status and how you've been living all the things which are relevant for you to share with your doctor so that you can do and so that he can give you the back the best diagnostic uh, and the best advice on on how to treat yourself um, or to treat the symptoms the symptoms that you have with the growing luxembourg startup scene and uh, how, how do you see the future of the local ecosystem and especially as a as a company that was founded in Luxembourg, now operating also in in the neighboring countries, uh, like you mentioned, how do you see that uh, this is going uh, going to grow, and what is the future looking ahead? Well, I, I must say that there's been a hell of a lot of initiatives, um, and the good thing is that they are successful. They are attracting a growing number of um, people to Luxembourg. I mean, Luxembourg is a hugely international place, um, probably to be compared with the most international places on earth. Luxembourg City has over 70% of not Luxembourgish people living there. Um, there's almost a majority, but if you look at it, there is a majority of people living in Luxembourg that at least have a non-Luxembourgish passport. So um, this is actually also the reason uh, which is attracting more talent to Luxembourg. And and it's uh, this dynamism is actually um, creating a lot of opportunities also for startups. Uh, certainly, they are different than if you were in Berlin, Paris, or London. Um, and it, it, it's up to a point. So it will it's an environment which helps you get started very quickly where you can have a, a nice proof of concept. Um, in later stage, uh, of, or if you're a scale-up, well, it's, uh, it's, there's probably um, 
an advantage then to to be in in bigger cities, especially when it comes to funding, because the the the, the financing uh, people are um, more based in those cities where there is a bigger ecosystem so where for their work they will find more more leads or more projects to to look at than in luxembourg as this podcast promotes business and its leaders in luxembourg our question to you is what do you like the most about luxembourg and what are your favorite things to do so from a business perspective i would say that it's a very fertile environment to create new things and to expand to other countries that's for sure um, if you start a new project you will get these days a lot of support the hell lot of support compared to what it was uh, some decades ago and um, if you have reasonable expectations you can probably get uh, away with a POC uh, a proof of concept of your of your model, which will help you develop it in in other markets. From a personal perspective, uh, I must say that the quality of life in Luxembourg is one which I would not trade for many other cities. Um, I mean, there's a lot of offering, um, a lot of international people you can meet. And um, if you like to have the right balance between fam family and, and work, uh, Luxembourg has definitely a lot to offer. Not speaking about nature, which is um, everywhere around, just uh, as to, at a very short distance uh, compared to to what it would be like if if uh, you work in the middle of uh, Berlin, Paris, or London. Um, so, but that's that's again, it's, it's personal, uh, it's, it's personal cho choice or a personal preference. Um, it, it is really uh, a good place to to work. Um, you are very close to. Um, the major decisions centers uh, in Europe. Um, you can do most of them just for a day trip. So you get there in the morning and you go to London in the morning, you're back in the evening uh, with your family. Uh, or you can do the same with any major city in Europe. Another good point, obviously, but what we hear often is, and looking to hear from business leaders is what would you recommend to individuals starting up a business in Luxembourg? And you covered already a part of uh, the second part of the question is how has your your approach changed in 2020 compared to uh, 2000? Different, different approach is that of a 20 year something guy. <laughs> discovering what it, what it is to create a startup and uh, 20 years later, someone who has a bit more experience and uh, had some bruises and paid some learning money, um, which doesn't mean I'm not paying any learning money anymore. We, we still continue. Um, ambitions are not the same. The drive is not the same. And um, uh, clearly, it's uh, interestingly, it, if you go to this startup in events, there's lots of very interesting young people with lots of ideas and positive energy. And um, I, I love to meet them. And if I can give a helping hand to get things started, then um, I'm always pleased, pleased to do so. Um, also getting access a bit to 
um, the initiatives prepared or supported by Lux Innovation. There is uh, a lot going on there, and um, and there's a lot of, of support being offered by the Luxembourg state to to uh, startups and and people who want to make to make things happen. If we look back at the last twenty years and many many more to come, what what were your seminal moments in your career so far? Well, actually, there's there there, there is always uh, uh, seminal moments when. When you like being in the action, uh, I mean, since the beginning of the year, the launch of the video consultation, the recognition we did get from the governments, the integration to the uh, local uh, payers, the CNS in Luxembourg, those are really um, strong moments. When you win um, a customer that you've been trying to convince for years, when you uh, sign up a very big hospital, um, those are really seminal moments. And then um, what's always very important is also being able to uh, step back and to celebrate with the team. And of course, remembering all the moments you've spent then together are also uh, very good memories. Patrick, we'd like to thank you for this great conversation. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Lux Plot podcast. Please share this podcast with friends and family and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please don't forget to visit our website, luxunplugged.com. And see you next time.